Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. It's 5.09 here at the station. Some heavy rain in the area, 67 degrees. Be careful if you're driving. You're some, there's some squalls out there. I, I got over a dozen text messages. Again, if you want to call or text on how you're doing you know, compared to five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, um, call in and text in. I got a, a little over a dozen text message so far and and with the exception of one and i'm trying to figure out if they're serious or not uh everybody said they're not doing better you know some persons you know started off by saying they're not doing better but why do i defend republicans uh i didn't defend any party i just asked if you were doing better now or then and uh you know it's it's not so much as defending or standing up for republicans but rather going against what this progressive socialist left has taken the democratic party and i'd welcome moderate and conservative Democrats. You know, I, I welcome their viewpoints. I welcome, you know, being conservative myself, you know, I'm not just strictly, you know, I'm a free thinker. I, you know, I, I decide things based on what I want to decide, not what the party tells me, not what, you know, a- anyone else tells me. You know, I, I break down and determine if something's right or wrong, if I believe something or if I don't believe something. I welcome, you know, your moderate Democrats at the table or, or Democrats of yesteryear. Um, they're just not that anymore, and they've been taken to such a place that they've kowtowed to this crowd now, the, these these AOC-type politicians who have this, this popularity and this social media power that has dragged them so far over to the left that it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, we're bordering on socialism when it comes to the Democratic Party now. How do, how do Democrats today support the Democrat Party? How do they stand silent when you have people like this radical left pulling you towards socialism, pulling you towards this this direction that's just it's historically unsustainable? That's the question I ask. You know, I, I'm all for a good Democrat coming into a race. I'm all for someone who, you know, I, I'm all for a Joe Biden 20 years ago, even though he was always a nasty politician, he had moderate viewpoints. He's just been taken so far to the left, so far of a puppet to the, the administration that's there. Is he truly running it? How do you how do you how do you come to the conclusion that he's changed so much? His his stances have taken 180s on almost everything. So, you know, how do you support someone like that that has totally changed the person they've been? And he's a career politician. This isn't, well, you know, he he lived and learned and he changed his viewpoints. No, he's being dragged in a place just simply to have this position, this title for these last four years. And, and if they run him again and if he seems to win again, God help us. And that's not a Democrat thing. That's not a Republican thing. That's an incompetence thing. And, and that's a simple as as that there. But, you know, out of the over dozen text messages I got, even the person who said, why am I defending Democrats? You know, why am I defending Republicans? And I'm a stooge of the Republicans, you know, also said that he, he or she wasn't doing better. And again, I had one person who said they're doing a lot better. And I asked him how, uh, and I'm waiting for that answer. And I'll give it to you when it comes. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty set in, in the way my life is. Like I said, I, I'm 53 years old. My wife's 55. Our children are all grown. They're successful. We have zero debt in our lives. Our house is paid for. You know, we have new cars, you know, at, at, at low interest rates. That That's always, I've come to the conclusion that cars are always, you're always going to have the the uh, the debt of a car, you know, because not having a brand new car until 1997. I, I was 27 when I bought my first car. Um 
you're not having that and, and dealing with clunkers my entire young life. You know, I want myself, my wife, and my kids to have something reliable and new, you know, every five, six, seven years. And that's just how we've lived and learned, how I've set things up. So I, I've always had that and always, you know, done those things. And now that rates have increased, you know, like I said, the debt I have is maybe 1.9% or 0.9% on cars. You know, that's almost free money that you're lending me to, to get a car. But other than that, no credit card debt, no no college debt. We're paying for our daughter's college and such like that. Um, you know, I, I'm the, the ebbs and flows of the government society really don't affect me or my family at this point too much. But when we're paying double for for uh, for eggs, when we're paying, you know, when chicken is, is outrageous, when grocery bills, when when your gas and your utilities and everything, you know, these are things we feel each and every day. Even someone like myself that really doesn't have much of an overhead, it's still ridiculous to be dealing with it's it's still ridiculous to do that and to see the things that are happening to our country concerns me and there's a lot of people in a lot worse position than i am but if i'm feeling it i'm sure that other people are feeling that let's go to the phones now we have uh joe from trips park on the cost of living today joe joe you there i'm sorry Rob. sorry about that uh, we got you uh, just looking at this, it, you cannot deny that the cost of living has gone up. There's no way. Now, there are people that people that have more or less skin in the game, so to speak, where they're affected more by this. Okay, but that doesn't mean it's okay. Gas is up. Energy costs is up. Food is up. Interest rates are up. This is affecting the housing market. It's affecting every loan we take out. I mean, it's, there's no physical way possible you can think that today you're somehow better off than you were four years ago unless you're living off the government and all these things really don't affect you or you're so wealthy that it, or, you know, retired that it really doesn't make that much of a difference because all your overhead is gone. But say, say you're wealthy, say your overhead's gone, say, say you're retired and, and all those things above. You know, with the things that are going on with this administration, with the influx of illegal migrations that's costing municipalities millions of dollars each day, trillions of dollars going out in America to these things all around us, the homeless situation in, in high dollar areas like San Francisco and places there, it's just it's affecting everyone, you know, regardless if you're kind of shielded or not. Like I said, you know, I'm kind of shielded from the day to day stuff, but, you know, these, these things still affect us. And when they start ending up here in Scranton and Wilkes-Barre in numbers and, and like they are in New York City, like they are in Chicago, like they are in Philadelphia. People here are in for a rude awakening. Yeah, and I mean, let me rephrase it. Some people, it's not affecting as much. It's having an effect, but it's not having a huge impact at the moment. But all of us are definitely feeling something. Even if we have enough money, going out to dinner and paying more than you did two years ago, it's still affecting you in some way. I mean, nobody wants that, but we have to deal with it. There's no way that we're better off today in anything. Like you said, immigration and anything. And these problems are not just going to go away overnight. This interest rate thing, this can cause a huge accident. It seems like they're almost trying to avoid it at this point with the rate hikes. Because, I mean, it feels like they should have just raised it to where it needed to be. And they're not doing it because they don't want to deal with the collateral damage. But at some point, we're going to have to face the music. Unfortunately, these problems are going to be around for years to come. And to sit here in the night and say everything is okay, you're not really doing anybody any favors. You're not even you're doing yourself at this favor. 
Yeah, for, for rambling off false data points and manipulated data points, like I said, the labor participation rate is is almost the lower it's been in the past two decades. To say we're doing better, to say there's more jobs, no, no, they're manipulated numbers. We all know all these jobs created were just replacements of the job lost through the pandemic. The amount of people who have <laughs> left the workforce and retired early is just tremendous, and we're seeing that. And the trickle-down effect to that is less people in the workforce altogether. La- labor participation rate means less people paying into Medicaid, less people paying into Social Security, which then stymies those problems, you know, and snowballs them as well. Absolutely. And now that you take it into effect, uh, demographics, the biggest generation ever retired. COVID accelerated that retirement. If you were 62 during COVID, you just went ahead and retired. So that's going to be a bunch of money being drawn out of the stock market, all those IRAs and everything over the next couple of years. The generation that replaces that, Generation X, they're almost, they're much smaller. So who's going to fill all these jobs that were left vacant? There just wasn't enough people. I mean, you're going to have a lower participation rate because they're just not there. A lot of them retired. You're seeing a lot of younger guys coming up. The generation that follows isn't enough, big enough to fill those shoes. That's, the labor, it says nothing about the economy. It really doesn't. I mean, the economy is just not doing well. That's just the fact. It's just inflation and everything else. It's just not. The unemployment status right now or percentage or whatever it is at any point really doesn't tell the whole story. So I think using that is just a cheap excuse and a cop-out to get a stat that's in a favor of an argument rather than the reality we live in. Yeah, because the unemployment numbers are actually benefiting from the people leaving the workforce, leaving, stop looking for jobs. They're retiring. They're done. You know, they've given up. Um, and, and that, in, a, in turn, gives you false sense that the, the unemployment numbers are doing so well. No, people have just retired. They've given up on the labor market. They stopped collecting. They've maxed out their unemployment, you know, and they're done. Um, because the true metric of that, if you talk to anyone in economics, the true metric of that is the labor participation force. That shows how many people in America are actually working jobs. The other numbers, the unemployment rate, you know, that's subject to the ebbs and flows of people looking for jobs, not looking for jobs, just giving up altogether. COVID kind of accelerated that because there was all this free money out there for people to just stay home and do nothing but collect these different pro- uh, programs that were out there. Um, you know, we're just in a bad time, and, and, and I think if it doesn't correct soon, people are in for a very rude awakening. Absolutely. I mean, if, if this keeps up, you can only do so much damage before you have to face the music. I mean, we can't just keep ignoring it and having all these little sideshow topics about all this nonsense that has nothing. But I, you never hear, you turn on the news, you never hear about the economy, the job, you know, you never hear about things that matter anymore. You just hear all these slideshows and all these arrests and all this. Court. Nothing that matters anymore is presented to us. It's almost like there's a complete stuff in commercials and campaigns. Oh, that's all it is. I mean, with the perpetual election cycle for everyone, and this goes for Republicans and Democrats, I'm not going to pick a side here. They're both just as bad. Term limits are going to be needed to fix this problem because this perpetual election cycle for any politician, I don't care if you're an independent, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat, it's, it's they're more focused on getting reelected than they are doing the jobs that they're hired to do. Absolutely. I mean, and you can't blame him almost when a, when a quote unquote scrappy kid from Scranton, you know, gets, uh, gets elected and turns out that he just finds out how to pick stocks correctly all of a sudden and becomes a millionaire and everyone around him makes all that money. Can you blame them for wanting to stay in there? <laughs> I mean, we need those term limits because it's out of hand. It's out of hand. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I appreciate you call Joe and, and th- thanks for participating today. Thank you. Thank you. And, and you know, is a hundred percent correct. And, and I do have a few people now chiming in, you know, I'm, Got a text message. I'm fortunately doing the best I ever have. I'm 55 with three daughters. He's married for uh, um, 
it's he or she, I'm sorry, married for 31 years. I, I think both parties have gone to the extremes. They, they, they have. Um, I, I think the Democrats more so. I think there are just more of this progressive socialist side that's dragging the majority over. I think there's a large portion of Republicans who are, who are kind of in extreme angle, but I think they're just a handful compared to the, the norms that they normally are. But they also you know, are getting louder and louder as we move on. And I have someone else, again, retired, kids grown, they've made the right decisions, no debt, and, and they're feeling it less, so they are doing better now. But that's the exception, not the rule. Most of you out there working day-to-day are dealing with this and hurting um, from today's what's going on today, and, and we need to fix it because, like I said, this is going to snowball to a place where it cannot be fixed and people are going to suffer. It's 522 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Well, thank you, Rob. This traffic update is brought, this Pentella Data Internet traffic update is brought to you by cars.com. Accident 81 northbound by Music. Things are backing up. We have slowing from Scranton to Pittston, 81 southbound. Going northbound on 81 in the Waverly area. You are bumper to bumper crawling through construction. 80 west is all jammed up due to construction in the Bloomsburg area and heavy. Heavy traffic, bumper-to-bumper headed going into the Back Mountain, Route 309 on the Cross Valley Expressway, South Memorial Highway, from the Rock Cut to the Sheets. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, W-I-L-K Traffic. Holy sheets. Mm-hmm. Sheets. <laughs> sheets. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, showers ending low 65. Wednesday, breezy with some isolated showers and storms, high 78. Thursday, mix of sun and clouds, high 83. Friday, mix of sun and clouds, high 85. It's currently, it says temperatures rising. It's currently 74 degrees with some rain in the area. At 523 on your official weather station. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM 91090, 1300 AM. It's 527 here, 74 degrees with some heavy rain moving through the area. Got a text message in Rob. I think you're a pretty smart guy. None of our politicians are ever going to vote for term limits. I, I 100% agree there. We have to make them. Um, but it's going to be a, a long haul, and they will never willingly unless forced to vote to uh, end their careers early. Um, Lehigh Valley Hospital, Dixon City, presents the Lackawanna County Scrantastic Spectacular Monday, July 3rd at Courthouse Square in Scranton. Event kicks off at 4 p.m. Food trucks and vendors line the square. Local bands on the side stage 5 to 7.45 p.m. Sponsored by Scranton Recycling. They're going to have a kids' zone with games and bounce houses. Northeast Pennsylvania Philharmonic Brass and Percussion Members on the main stage at 8 p.m., fireworks at 9.35, sponsored in part by Ulema. Sponsored also in part by Scranton Tomorrow, the Lackawanna County Commissioners, City of Scranton, and Odyssey. You can find any details at wilknewsradio.com. And like I've been saying, I will be broadcasting there live from 3 to 6 that day, Monday, July 3rd. Hope to see you there. We can go to the phones now. We have uh, Josh from Blakely on whether we're doing better now. Josh. Hi, Rob. How are you doing tonight? Good. Good. Um, no, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I think I uh, am not doing better now than in the past. Um, it, Rob, I've made probably like many other people many, many mistakes in life, but through hard work, focus, dedication, 
I eliminated uh, 99% of debt. And um, I kind of like the phrase that you used earlier when I said I have very little overhead now. But um, just to be proactive and continue being proactive, I have uh, expanded my garden uh, to try to produce some of my own vegetables and avoid the grocery store. Um, I fish. I keep uh, uh, a handful of fish, of course, within the rules and properly licensed and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And I hunt. I follow all the rules there, too. And I try to uh, fill the freezer with, excuse me, fill the freezer with wild game deer especially, and uh, and uh, some fish along the way for supplementation and uh, vegetables from the garden. You know, there's no guarantees what my garden is going to do this year, but I've doubled it in size, and uh, maybe, I, you know, <laughs> if things work out, I get double the crop. Yeah, it's great, great idea there, Josh, because, you know, I, I have, I, we grow most of our own vegetables at home. I have a fruit orchard that I plant. I have a berry orchard that I planted. You know, I try to be as self-sustaining as I can, and, and like you, if it swims, flies, or walks in Pennsylvania, it's probably in my freezer right now. You know, I enjoy the wild game. I enjoy, uh, you know, obtaining the wild game. Uh, and I think it's a great resource here for Pennsylvania. You know, we, we eat vegetables and salad with each meal, so we grow. We, I think we have eight different types of lettuce that we grow, and we we we, awesome. al we alternate it through the day. You know, we have our peppers, our tomatoes, our zucchinis, our cucumbers, and, and everything else like that that we use. And again, I'm, I had I have I had I still have my coop, but I had free ranging chickens where we had you know more eggs than we knew what to deal with. And, uh, you know, it's a great Good way problem to, to have. Yeah, it's a great way to, to save money. You know, it, it's interesting. You get a couple of chickens. I, I think we started out with six chickens. And, you you know, it takes a while. It takes a couple of months, eight months, nine months for them to start laying. But then you figure, you know, you're getting six eggs on average a day. You know, after a week, you have a whole lot of eggs for just me and my wife home. So we, we were having more yeah. eggs than we knew what to do with. We were giving them away to neighbors and such like that and family. And, and it was good. It's it, Thankfully, we have the property to do that on, like I said now. With just my wife and I home, we don't have the time to really tend to the chickens. I still have the coop, so if we ever, you know, want to get them again, we can. Um, but it's great ideas for you, you know, great on ways to to be frugal this day in life. You know, just even if you have the expendable cash, doing those things yourself, taking the time to actually grow things in your own garden, to, to get meat that you process yourself and you, you wrap and you put in a freezer for you for the future is, is a great way of life. It's great things to do, a great sense of accomplishment. I, I wish more people would do it. You teach your children a lot along the way as well, and I did learn to process my own deer. I'm not saying I'm good at it. It's a it's a life lesson. It takes I'm trial doing it in my yeah. It takes trial yeah, I'm doing I'm doing it in my garage with uh, adaptations that I built to to try to to get a deer uh, hung, skinned, butchered. Um, it's it's only me doing it. My wife and my daughter won't participate, but uh, it makes it a, a long process. So you have to you have to pay attention to when to pull the trigger. So if you pull the trigger and the temperature is not right. Now you, your hand might be forced to take it to a butcher, but otherwise, if you do it right and you maybe if you did it on a Friday night, and I don't have to work on Saturday. I have plenty of time to take care of it. So you do have to be conscious of that prior to. Uh, to making a shot and i do have berries i do have uh, a fruit orchard they are all a labor of love oh, there's so much work um but it's fun and i try to teach my children that and i may not be teaching them 100 uh, percent right all the time 
but I am trying. It's time well spent, Josh. It's time well spent. I appreciate your call today, Josh. I appreciate your input and in, in the, the the way you're dealing with things. Thank you, Ralph. Have a good night. Thanks, you bye. too. Have a great day. It is uh, 5.33 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 5.37 here at the station. 74 degrees with some heavy rain in the area. Let's go to the phones. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Glenn from Plains on the cost of the turnpike. Yes. Partially due to funding transportation costs in Philadelphia. Did you see that ridiculous pep rally headed by Governor Shapiro for the union workers and contractors of uh, fixing the bridge? They were having such a slap on your back, congratulations, pep rally. Oh, we did such a great job. We saved the economy. Now traffic can move. How ridiculous. Um, they were putting in 12 hours. I, they never said what kind of huge overtime they were getting. Um, I'm, I'm sure it was in the hundreds of dollars. It was ridiculous the way they were congratulating each other for just fixing a lousy bridge for just doing their job. You see, we're in the countryside talking about tightening our belts. Well, they, in the cities of Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, they are the power centers. Many times the, the governor, Democrat governor, tried to toll um, I-80 to further funnel money from us suffering in the countryside to increase uh, juicy paychecks for city uh, workers. This is where the power is. This is where they get their votes in the cities. They do. They, they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's and if you think about what happened with the I ninety five, you know, fix the bridge in this amount of time, it was ba- basically taken from a, a Ron DeSantis playbook when they had the hurricane down it wiped off the overpass, the only <laughs> way in and out, and, and he did right. the, he did the exact same thing. And, you know, it's same. The, the funny people then were like, oh, big deal. Isn't that their job anyway? Where now they're like, oh, my God, look at what he did. And it's great that he did it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking more and more at Governor Shapiro and looking at him in a different light. You know, he, he just uh, pissed off the teachers union by supporting voucher programs. The teacher union uh, oh. uh, on their social media really went after the governor and uh, kind of changing their tune oh. on him. But, you know, he supports the voucher program for, for students in Pennsylvania. And uh, the, the, the PSEA, the, the Pennsylvania Teachers Union, has really uh, gone vitriol on him in, this, in the past 48 hours because of that and on their social media especially. That explains why he wanted to make sure he increases his power among the union workers in Philadelphia by holding that absolutely ridiculous, silly pep rally. I couldn't stop laughing at it. You know, governments congratulating each other for fixing a lousy piece of the road. This is how poorly we're being served and how, how outrageously high we're being charged in our taxes. You know, the Democrat Party has become the Democrat Army. They are really occupying our cities. Look at Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Pittston, and pretty much Hazleton, although they had Dubarletta for a while there. They are occupying the cities. That's where the power is. They are a Democrat army, and they're, getting, they're gearing up right now uh, to win the, the 2024 uh, election. This is, their army is going to be all set. They know where their voters are. They will be sent to 
get their ballots signed so to win the next election. They're not sitting back, you know, hoping for the best. They're out there like an army occupying, and uh, they're not going to give up their power. No, and that's why people need to get out there voting, and the GOP needs to get involved with uh, ballot harvesting and, and doing what they need to do up front. Glenn, I appreciate your call. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank Bye. you. It's 542 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. Thanks, Rob. This is Data Internet Traffic Update. We have a slowdown on 81 southbound between Scranton and Pittston. Northbound is actually looking pretty good. We had reports of an accident around Music going northbound on 81, but that doesn't seem to be causing any issues. You are jammed up through construction, Waverly to Lennoxville, and on 80 West in the Bloomsburg area. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. Nikki Stone, WILK Traffic. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteorologist Kurt Aaron. Tonight, showers ending low 65. Wednesday, breezy with some isolated showers and storms, high 78. Thursday, mix of sun and clouds, high 83. Friday, mix of sun and clouds, high 85. It's currently 75 degrees with some heavy rain in the area. It's 542 at your official weather station, WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. Um, it's 546 here at the station. Let me uh, go to the phones. We have uh, Joe from Berwick on Justice Report of the Minneapolis Police Department. Joe. <laughs> Oh, hello, Rob. Hey, have you heard of this? They just came out with an 89-page report, uh, and and it, it was uh, it was just in, in my paper yesterday. No, I didn't. So, okay, well, I, I I'd, I'd be interested in your perspective on it. You get a chance to look at it because, uh, of course, this, this was an editorial, and and you could. Oh yeah, I knew from the start what it was meant to do was to bash cops because it basically came out with a statement about, oh, this isn't about people doing a difficult job under difficult circumstances. These were just people out of control. And, uh, and, and it lacked any context. Okay, so all of the things they, they cited in there in this editorial, yeah, by, by themselves as standalone statements, they really sounded bad. And, and I, and I, it, I would hope what they were stating, you know, weren't standalone cases uh, of what they were stating actually happened. I don't trust this current Justice Department. They, they have no idea what the word even means. But it, it sounded very bad. But then again, I thought also this. They lacked, no con- they, they lacked any context in, in which they tried to cite it. Because, number one, what they don't talk about in, in any of that is what kind of leadership were these police departments under every time these sort of events take place. And if you look at it closely, every one of them where these things happen, that they make it notorious and they make their news, they're all under Democrat control. And that makes a difference because they're handed by people who don't support their mission, don't believe in their mission, don't give them clear leadership, and then and 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 they don't have good people where they need to be. And then when things get out of control, they want to blame everybody on that department and say everybody there is bad, all all the cops are bad, and that's a big thing to do with it. And the other thing they didn't cite was 
the, the uh, you know, Minnesota is known for, uh, you know, electing Democrats, very heavily Democrat. And if you look at the uh, attorney generals who have been there, one of them is in Congress right now when she ran for president, and they don't talk about that, that that same uh, cop who was charged with the George Floyd, the one who was dealing on the neck, you know, he had 18 different incidences of excessive force. And when that woman who's in, like, the center right now, Amy Klobuchar's her name, and when she was the attorney general, she had control over that, over whether or not she chose to pursue that, and she never did. So basically, they, they cite this stuff, and they talk about, oh, you know, the police need oversight, and we're trying to bring it and all this. But they don't talk about the lack of leadership that, that they have to begin with that allows these things to get out of control, if in fact they are. And it, 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 if, if you get to look at the report, I, I don't know what to make of it. It sounds like there really could have been a couple incidents that were really indicative of, of, of some bad police not being uh, controlled, and, and, and they really got to do a couple of things that they were, shouldn't have been doing. Yeah, I'll be interested to, to dig into it and see exactly, you know, what it gets into. I'm glad you just gave me a little overview on it. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. And again, with the Department of Justice now, do you take things they've said with a grain of salt? It's it's tragic that that's the case, but you, you really have to, to read between the lines with them. Yeah, yeah, you, you do. And, and, and like I said, with your perspective... When you read about how they describe some of these things, about I, I just be interested. I know it's 89 pages, but when you get a you get a chance to kind of look at it and, and see what they're trying to say, uh, I'll be listening to you, and I'd really like to hear you talk about that. Okay. I appreciate it, Joe. Thanks for calling and giving me a heads up on the report. All right. Thank you. You take care. Of that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, just to change, to, I, I wanted to get to this earlier today. Um, on this day in history, in June 27, 1985, iconic Route 66 reaches the end of the road. Uh, it's where it got decertified as uh, one of our interstates. And on uh, June 27th, the iconic 2,200-mile American byway from Chicago, Illinois, to Santa Monica, California, came to an end after 59 years. This occurred after the American Association of State Highways and Transportation officials decertified the road and voted to remove its highway signs, according to officials. It's stretched through eight states, and if you've ever been on Route 66, I'm sure everyone's heard of it. Um, I, I had the privilege of being on it out there in, in a couple of places, in New Mexico and in Nevada, when I was out near the Lake Havasu. And we were able to get on it. There was a, a really great restaurant, the the... Route 66 restaurant right on the lake there in Havasu. That, that's just something else. But uh, if you look at the history, and I encourage you to, to look at the history on this, I'm, I'm probably going to post this on my social media so you do have a, so you can read on it. The states that it goes to are Illinois, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California. And then, then the history of it is just outstanding how, how it was brought to, to fruition. In 1857, Congress commissioned explorer, frontiersman, and military officer Lieutenant Edward Fitzgerald Beale to chart a wagon road following the 35th parallel from Fort Defiance, 
close to the New Mexico-Arizona border to the Colorado River. Uh, notes, uh, this comes from the, the National Park Service website. Beals Road, as it was originally called, established a, a vital military transportation and com communication link between Fort Smith near the Arkansas River and the westernmost reaches of the southwest. Lieutenant Beale felt certain that this link would become the greatest immigrant road to California, and the federal government subsequently underwrote the $200,000 cost at the time. And again, this was 1857. It cost $250,000 to cut this, what was at the time was a wagon path. Um, this provided the impetus for both the creation of the Transcontinental Railroad and the establishment of Route 66. The idea of building a highway along this route originated in Oklahoma in the mid-1920s, proposed as a link from the state's state to cities like Chicago and Los Angeles. Uh, in 1926, the highway was given as official designation as Route 56. The Mother Road, as it was referred to in John Steinbeck's in his 1939 Dust Bowl saga, The Grapes of Wrath, was commissioned on November 11, 1926, and ultimately stretched 2,448 miles from Chicago to Los Angeles, according to uh, Route66RoadTrip.com. Uh, charted a diagonal course through the heart of America, uniting existing rural roads into one singular numbered route and linking rural communities in the aforementioned eight states, according to the Illinois Route 66 Byway official website. Route 66 better allowed farmers to more easily transport grain and other types of produce and distribution. The highway was also a lifeline for life long-distance trucking industry, which by 1930 was competing with the railroad for dominance in the shipping market. Uh, beginning in 1950 and spanning into the early 1980s, new interstates were built on alongside the old right-of-way and the original Route 66. By October 1984, its route had been uh, overtaken by highways, according to the Detroit Bureau, an automotive news website. Less than a year later, Route 66 was formally decertified as an interstate uh, roadway. But then uh, in 2005, Route 66 was designated as a scenic byway by the United States Department of Transportation. And again, that was in 2005. Often called the Main Street of America, Route 66 became a pop culture reference through several decades. Along with John Steinbeck's Depression-era classic, the highway was also an inspiration for the 1947 Bobby Troop tune, Route 66, later recorded by artists like Nat King Cole, Chuck Berry, and the Rolling Stones. So, uh, you know, today in history, the Route 66, the official interstate, was decertified as a route. And uh, thankfully, in 2005, it was given its historic designation and, uh, you know, is back for for our generation to, to take to take hold on. And it's something if you ever get out there to go go along it. I mean, just knowing you're on the old Route 66 was uh, was iconic for me when I was out there, so I enjoyed it. It's 5.56 here at WILK. We'll be back to close out the Rob O'Donnell Show in a minute. As always, great choice by Jake in the control room, running the show and running the dials, keeping it all together, keeping me in line. That's what he does. Well, I appreciate you guys joining the show today, your input, your discussion, even you... Anonymous cowards out there that want to text. It's okay. I get it. Life is hard being a has-been. 
Great music to end the show. I'm glad I was able to get the Route 66 story in there. Well, you're with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio on this Tuesday, June 27th, 2023. Wish you a safe night. Be careful with the storms out there. Again, they're going to be blowing through. Thankfully, we didn't get any more yes warnings. But God bless. Be safe. And God willing, we'll see you.